back to the Letting It Bad podcast. So last week we talked about My Hero Academia and some of our other anime that we were watching at the time. And then we got that neat idea to uh, talk about some of our favorite movies. I got the idea. I was going to say, you're a neat idea. Yeah. You're, you're the movie guy. It's, you're, you're putting the handicap on me this time. Well, we'll do another favorite list for you then. Like, you know, I know you've got favorite something. Favorite anime, definitely. Yeah, and for sure. I can, for sure. I, can, I can hang with you on that too. It's like favorite five. No, no, favorite 100. Favorite 100. Anime. Top 100. <laughs> So I guess before we get started, it's like before we just like slip right into that, I know we said last time we weren't going to talk about anime, and I don't really want to talk about anime in depth, but I do want to talk about the anime that we're watching, because I just finished the first season of Food Wars, mm-hmm. and it was really, really good, uh, but after the first season, I'm ready to take a break from that, because there's like four seasons, and right, so right. I need to get into something else, and so I started, and you'll be very happy about this, I started uh, One Punch. One Punch. So, One Punch Season 2. I've already, you know, of course, you know, right. Season 1, I already did that one. Season 2, I'm like, uh, I think halfway through it, I've got like six episodes left. Right. So, I'm not going to get into into in-depth on that because I don't really know where the story's going. It's like right now, he's at the tournament. Uh, and it all seems, hilarious. yeah, it's it's really, really funny. Like like it is. I also was kind of like, I was kind of weirded out because normally Saitama is just sort of... Uh, like lackadaisical about his approach to to heroism or that's the idea that you get but it seems like in the second season he's more like judgmental of the hero association and the heroes who are part of it right like like he's basically saying you guys aren't doing this right this is not how heroes are supposed to act yeah i think that kind of came about when he learned that king supposedly the one of the strongest heroes was a was a phony yeah well i think he knew he was a phony though because he was always there to save him. Like, that was the whole deal with, with King is, like, he gets the credit for everything that Saitama does. <laughs> and he's just a normal dude that wants to be a normal dude. <laughs> yes, I just want to sit at home and play video games. I'm just, I didn't ask for this face and this huge body. Right. And this gruff voice. <laughs> and the engine. The King engine. Yeah, his heartbeat going crazy. <laughs> you got a loud heartbeat if they can hear it. Like, oh, over. man. So yeah, so that's what I've been watching now. Uh, I also started up uh, The Devil is a Part-Timer, mm-hmm. but I'm only one episode into that, so I can't really be a judge on that one yet. It's kind of rare that we're actually on the same page. Like Unless there, unless an anime runs for a particularly lengthy amount of time, and you usually start it up and say, hey, watch this, and it takes me like three months to actually get started <laughs> on it, and then I have to watch 30 episodes in like a few weeks in order to catch up to you. Right, right. Well, um, <clears throat> right now I'm just... Um, still kind of like periodically watching Arumakun because it's episodical or released every week now so I'm just kind of like stepping back to let it fill up a couple episodes at a time is that one on Funimation or Crunchyroll? Crunchyroll okay I might have to give it a look see it's pretty funny alright uh, like I said real chill not serious anime at least not right now I don't know what's gonna happen yeah well satirical is definitely good especially when you're coming off something serious that's why right. I like Food Wars so much and I guess I'm just I'm kind of stuck in that just let me laugh uh, mindset right now I said I don't want to think right. I just want to laugh I just want to laugh and then uh, with the kids we're already on like episode 8 or 9 of Sword Art so oh so you're almost done with the first half of the yeah. first season so yeah. Ann Crad's almost out of there right the kids are liking it a lot, so it's been a couple episodes every night blazing through that. It's a good series, man. It's one of my favorites for sure. Uh, so, speaking of favorites, last time we were talking about our favorite movies, and I know you're super excited Stoked. about this. <laughs> Excitement 100! <laughs> 
So since you're so excited to get started, I'm going to go first. Oh, boy. I'll let you know the first one on my list and, you know, why I picked it and, you know, what is so special. Uh, so, yeah, so that being said, my my initial thing about favorite movies is that favorite movie does not necessarily mean best movie. Like, if I, was, if I were to make a list of, like, the best movies ever made, this would be a completely different list. A favorite movie to me, and this doesn't necessarily mean it has to be the same thing for you, is a movie that if I'm just, like, cruising through channels or if I see it on my, on my Apple list when I'm looking for something to watch, I will seriously consider just stopping and watching that movie. Like, I've seen these movies. Hundreds. Uh, yeah, more. <laughs> like these movies I have memorized from beginning to end like music cues camera positions everything I know everything about these movies so the, the number five movie is probably the most recent movie that's been made off the list and that's The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise if that's the most recent you're going way back on yeah, the that's, that's, I mean that's that's early 2000s I think it came out in like 2002 2003 only only 18 years ago yeah that's... yeah yeah <laughs> Man, I'm old, right? Because <laughs> we're going further back. I know. <laughs> These only go back further. Uh, careful, guys. He may drop way before time It's <laughs> It's a good movie. Not Don Bluth's best, but definitely a great movie. But I think the main thing about that uh, movie that really drew me in was how much it stayed true to the Japanese culture and the samurai culture in particular that didn't shy away from the fact that they were warriors and that they defined that term as these are guys whose sole purpose in life is the study and act of war and if they're not doing that they don't feel like they're living life at all like they just if, if it's just nothing but peace they're a failure uh, not saying that I like war I'm saying that it was just a really interesting study of the samurai culture right. and uh, the the ideals of Bushido and the, you know, that it wasn't, to them it wasn't just about going to war, it's about becoming the best at everything that they strive to be, you know, so they were the best archers, they were the best swordsmen, they were the, the best blacksmiths, you know, it was just a really beautiful movie and it was further enhanced by what I have to say is my favorite soundtrack of all time by Hans Zimmer. That thing is epic and if you haven't ever listened to it, it's amazing you should listen to it. Because I have to listen to it now. Yeah, you have to. It's just just one time from beginning to end. Do it for me. All right. 45 minutes uh, and you're 45 done. 45 minutes? Well, yeah. I guess that's one trip to work. So Yeah, that's, there, there you go. go. There you go. So just one get soundtrack. It, and you can get it on your phone. I know I got it. If you are on Amazon Prime, you can get Amazon Prime Music, and there's a bunch of free music on there, and it's one of the free albums. So you get go. you a free copy of Hans Zimmer's The Last Samurai, and this includes you and everybody who hasn't heard it. And listen to it from beginning to end. You will not regret it at all. It is incredible. So that's my number five. Number five. So what's your number five? I don't have mine in particular order. I okay. was going to preface that when it was my turn because I thought we were going to do all five at once. So <laughs> my bad on that. Um, my five are just five movies I chose that I remember enjoying the most. I can't, like you said, um, a favorite movie doesn't necessarily mean it's a great movie. Mm -hmm. In my sense, um, it's just because I've chosen these movies, it's not because I, everyone's going to think they're top great movies. It's because I remember enjoying them the most. Yeah. I mean, that's why, that's why I had to put that out there because I've seen a lot of situations where people say, like, these are my top five 
movies, and everyone immediately like attacks them like, what this movie's so much better than that one, and it's like we're not judging quality, right? We're judging enjoyment. What they mean to us, essentially. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna throw out one of uh, one I'm out. Um, if my brother ever listens to this, shout out because we probably watched this movie together a thousand <laughs> times, and that's Grandma's Boy. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> Uh, speaking of quote movies from beginning to end, uh, that was our background movie. Anytime we were hanging out, playing magic, uh, doing anything else, Grandma's Boy was always on the background. Uh, what was the name of the chimpanzee? <laughs> what was the dude's name? I don't even know if the monkey had a name. I had a drum on my head, monkey. Drum on my head. Oh, it must have been Mr. Uh, monkey. Hey, Mr. Monkey. <laughs> the lion shows up tomorrow. <laughs> you can have a dog, but no one else with a lion. <laughs> I was just standing here, and out comes the king of the whoopsie jungle. <laughs> Great movie. Uh, someone's whoopsie getting laid tonight. Just endlessly quotable. And, you know, just like, I'm getting robot legs, man. It's a risky procedure. <laughs> totally worth it. If you want a good laugh, if you haven't seen Grandma's Boy, if you are, do not smoke, watch Grandma's Boy. Oh, man. That's a, that's an amazing comedy. If you haven't seen Grandma's Boy, that's yeah, watch that. <laughs> watch it immediately. All right. So <laughs> I know as we're sitting here, more quotes just keep <laughs> to just flowing in there, dude. <laughs> Whoopsie! I'll go to the devil's house with you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I can't stop. I can't stop. It feels so good. <laughs> All right, all right. So my number four, my number four movie. Man, you're driving it out of my mind. I have a list, thank goodness. Okay, my number four movie is The Princess Bride. Oh, I'm surprised that's your number four since you talk about it all the time. Well, that's just the thing. I talk about it all the time. It's because I know everything about the movie. Um, so that one, if you haven't seen it, you're under a rock. That's one of the most amazing like cult classic movies of all time. It's got great comedy, great action. I just got done reading the book by uh, the lead, Carrie Elwes, and uh, he was talking in a lot in the book about how they prepared for the fencing sequence. Mm -hmm. There's this amazing fencing sequence between uh, the Man in Black and Inigo Montoya, like, I think 20 minutes into the movie. It's, <laughs> it's insane that they would pull that out like that early in the movie, but, they, you know, they trained for like six months straight in all of their spare time. But, uh, yeah, I, even now I can go back and just watching that sequence, I can see new things that they did that kind of amaze me. Like, there's at the very end, there's a, there's a part where uh, Kerry always actually switches hands while he's, while he's doing a sword fight, and I still don't know how he did it. I can't figure it out. Yeah. It's, like, it's like he threw the sword up and, sw and, and he caught it with his other hand while he was blocking. Yeah, there's no way I could swap hands in a sword fight. Yeah. <laughs> I am not so great with the left hand. Yeah, well, that's, that was the thing. He starts with his left and said, I'm not left-handed, <laughs> and switches to his right. Both he and, uh, and Mandy Patinkin both do that in the fight. It's... It's something else, man. To have to to have to learn that, like that, you know, because Kerry came in, he had no experience with a sword whatsoever, right. and in six months, he's he feels like a competent fencer. Um, but that's just one thing. I mean, it's got legendary actors in it. It's got uh, Billy Crystal playing one of his greatest comedic roles, really short cameo. Uh, but it's it's just awesome. He almost makes the whole movie just in his one appearance. It's got uh, Andre the Giant in it, which is his only role right. where he's not in a costume. R.I.P. Andre. Yeah, man. And, uh, I mean, what can you say, man? 
It's just it's got almost every line in it is quotable. You know, the, from inconceivable to uh, have fun storming the castle. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely highly quotable. I yeah. give it that. Did you see that one? Uh, yes. Um, you know, as you know, that's one of my wife's favorite movies, and she forced me to watch it about two years ago. So it's pretty recent. That was the first time I ever saw it. Um, just like you said, no one's allowed to bash what we're saying. I'm not going to bash one of your <laughs> favorite movies here. So Not one of your favorites? Not one of my favorites. Well, that's all right, man. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, even if it's wrong. Uh, teach their own. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> teach their own. All right. So, you're number four, then. All right. The original Star Wars series is okay. on my list. Again, blanketing. You're just blanketing the whole thing, the even three, though some of them are, are, some of them are better definitely than others, better than others. For sure, but that's one of the oldest movies I can recall as a child, is the original Star Wars series. Well, yeah, everybody should watch the Star uh, Wars. I remember watching it on VHS back when that was, you know, existed. Yeah, well, and congratulations, you got your hands on a good copy before George decided to, you know, mess up his, his legacy. Yeah, but, um, those, I mean, iconic, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean... You know, they have their own land in Disney at this point. So, overall, just really yeah, good Yeah, at this point, it's like, what can you say that hasn't already been said? Yeah, there's just there's nothing really to just go on about that one. That's just good movies in a, in a block. That's my choice. That's bad. Maybe that's why I'm cheating. I picked a whole bunch of movies that are going to be easy to talk about because not a lot of people have seen these. So, But my third movie is one that's more obscure. Uh, it was the last movie by George Armitage. It's called Gross Point Blank. It was made in 1997. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Oh, it's such a good comedy, man. It's 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 not a screwball comedy, but it's kind of close. Yeah. It's got uh, John Cusack. I know him, yeah. And he's playing opposite uh, Dan Aykroyd. I like Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. But do know in 97, I was 10. I was not 10. I was older than 10. So probably the reason I haven't <laughs> seen that movie. I didn't see this movie in 97. Well, though. yeah, I know, but that was a jab at you. Yeah, because I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see it then. I, I called on to it later. It's got, you know, like I said, it's got John Cusack. He plays a hitman. And the hitman is having kind of an identity crisis. Like, he's he doesn't really understand what he's doing. He just feels like he's doing it because it's, you know, he's moving from one day to the next. Right. So he gets a notice about his 10-year high school reunion coming up. And his secretary convinces him that he needs to go because he also, at the same time, he gets this job that's in the same town. Uh, two for one. Exactly. And he's got Dan Aykroyd's character as actually another hitman who's really off his rocker. But he's trying to start like a hitman union. Gotcha. And he wants to get, he wants to get uh, John's character in on it because John is like, in his mind, the number two hitman. He's actually like the number one hitman. <laughs> right, but of course the crazy so, thinks he's number one. Yeah, they, they 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 both think they're number one. I don't even think John's character cares. Right. But uh, he turns him down because he doesn't want to work with this particular guy, Grocer, I think is his name. Uh, so yeah, he goes back to his hometown, meets with his girlfriend, played by Minnie Driver, who's smoking hot. And uh, hilarity ensues at that point because he's meeting all these people because he just disappeared. Uh, right uh, from from his town like he just left left his girlfriend stood up at the at the prom and just took off so yeah that's definitely one that i recommend if you haven't seen that one for sure and so yeah we're back to you you're right. three I'm, I'm going to throw one out that i think a lot of people 
will agree with on, and that is um, The Dark Knight. That's a good one. Um, that one, I think I watched four times in the theater when it came out. Uh, now, granted, I'll just go ahead and go out there and fanboy as, because of Heath Ledger and that role. <laughs> uh, but it was it was good enough to watch multiple times consecutively for money because <laughs> that was a paid visit each time, obviously. Yeah. When did that come out? Is that 2012? Uh, that's a good chunk back. Um, I think it might have been in the aughts. That might have been too, like 2008. But, yeah, I mean, I remember when... You could go to the movies, and the reason you went to the movies is because, A, of course, you wanted to see it on a big screen, but, B, those movies were not going to come out for a a while Uh for home viewing. Nowadays, it seems like a movie comes out, and then three months later, you know, if you didn't catch it, yeah, you could get it on DVD or now digital. Redbox. Yeah, I mean, so you have access to it fairly quickly. The the appeal of going to the movie theater isn't as great as it once was. I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, I love movies, but... The main movies that I'm going to go see in the theater are movies that are going to be built for the big screen. Like, right. you know, I went and saw all of the Marvel movies, of course. Right. And I'll continue to go see the Marvel movies because I know they're going to be like these huge, they're, bombastic right. events. Their product, the production value is meant for the theater on those. Exactly, yeah. But yeah, I agree with you. Dark Knight's a great one. I love the ending monologue. Like, I, get, I still get chill bumps every time because that mixed with, hey, again, Hans Zimmer... His score in that, mixed with uh, Gary Oldman giving that monologue, was just amazing. The whole Dark Knight uh, monologue, and uh, even then, also the the final monologue by the Joker, Heath Ledger's Joker. He's hanging upside down, right. swinging back and forth, and they turn the camera around, and so he's right side up, and it's like this is this is something. It was it was really something to Good behold. Cinema. Yeah. Your turn. All right. Getting close to the top, number two. My number two is John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China. Okay, I have seen that. You have seen I it? I have seen that. Yeah, but how many times? Have Probably you seen once. Oh, see. Not that I wouldn't watch it again, just I think I've only taken the time to watch it once. That's, man, ah, that one's so good. Like It, it really vies for the top spot for me. I know you've got board games of it. Yeah, I love. <laughs> I know you love this movie. That movie, I love the mythos of it. The whole like, the, you know, John just realized there's all this amazing, deep mythology in China. Oh yeah, like for sure. he just grabbed that and said, "Man, they got like a million gods, Let's gods and demons. Someone. Let's go." Yeah. So for those of you who haven't seen that movie, which it's actually been in the mainstream recently because uh, Dwayne Johnson's been talking about doing. If not a remake, then a kind of a sequel to it. Um, it's got Kurt Russell. Yep. Kurt Russell plays Jack Burton, who is a truck driver. Yep. And the hero of our story. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he is delivering uh, pork <laughs> to Chinatown. He drives the Pork Chop Express, so I'm going to assume that all he runs is is pigs. Right. And so he gets he gets his load of pigs into Chinatown and has an all night gambling and drinking session with uh, the dock buddies and his friend uh, Yang. It's an amazing adventure. These guys get sucked into, at first, what looks like a criminal plot, and then it turns into a plot to save the world. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and so, yeah, if you haven't seen that one, that's a big thumbs agree. up for me. It is a good movie. Awesome. From awesome. the one time I've seen it, but it was good. So we're at your number two. All right. Again, I feel like I'm taking the easy way out by doing this, but I'm going to throw out the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 
with the the big two for of those for me, which would be Civil War and Endgame. Mainly Endgame because that for me was an emotional roller coaster. That had a big punch at the end. I laughed. I cried. I was excited. I was depressed. I don't think there's any emotion I did not cover except, well, probably fear. You're not gonna be scared watching a Marvel movie, but. You oh. might you might be when the <laughs> when the multiverse of madness comes out. True, but but um, I just all the spectrums of emotion, you know, we're covering that movie to such a degree. You're just gripped. I just think they do such a good job making those movies. Um, you know, I love you three thousand. Very sad day in our in our Marvel universe. Well, yeah, I mean, we lost a well. I mean, I knew we were gonna lose characters. That's that was the thing. Like that's why I'm kind of weirded out now that they they waited until after that movie. To bring out some of these other movies. I don't feel like I need to say spoiler alert. That movie's been out for like a year. True. It's been a while. So, yeah. So, Black Widow dies. And then a year later, we get a Black Widow movie. And I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah. A little, a little late on that, I feel, also. I mean, if they'd have done it prior, I think it would have stuck home better. Yeah. I'm kind of wondering if it's just gonna be like a prequel or if they're setting up the multiverse of madness because <laughs> that one's coming out like next year i think yeah. or it's just a cash grab because it's marvel it, it looks good yeah i mean they're all cash grabs doesn't matter what they do i mean they can put a movie out there it's like well we're gonna make a billion dollars true true yeah especially with disney behind it now yeah just like how much money can we throw at this it's, all the money it's an insane market man like they just it doesn't seem to matter what they drop like any avengers movie like I felt like they might have actually been sad that they had to end it. It's like everybody knew it had to end eventually, but it's like, okay, so we ended it, and it was the top grossing movie of all time by a long shot, like with right. a bullet. And now we got to keep doing this if we want to keep. Top that, right? Yeah, we got it. What are we gonna do to make make good on this? Make better on this? It's like I think at this point their next big one is either gonna be the reboot of the X Men universe. Yes. Or Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four has not had a good shake yet. No. And that would be a good redeeming point for them. I, absolutely, dude. I think my main thing with Fantastic Four, like I can look at any of the movies they did before, and the first one was a lot of fun because of Chris Evans. Right. But, but it was still not a great movie. And one of the main things that I can look back at it and go, this is why it sucked, was because not a single one of them has been brave enough to just make Doctor Doom smart. He has to have superpowers. Right. It's like that's, but the the point of the whole thing was always that Doctor Doom didn't have superpowers. He's an admirable villain because he didn't have superpowers, just like Lex Luthor. Right. Lex Luthor was, is somebody who faces off against Superman, who has all the superpowers. Well, let, let's discredit that a little bit. Lex Luthor does have one superpower. What's that? It's called money. Yeah. Well, so Doctor Doom has money. Yeah, I don't think he's got Lex Luthor money. Like we. Lex Luthor's probably like... Dude, he has the gross national product of an entire country. Okay, well, fine. <laughs> he is literally the leader of Latveria. But, yes, I get what you're saying, though. That money is a superpower, though, I have to say. Just like Iron Man. His superpower was money. Yes. I have, I have a, I'm incredibly intelligent. I'm a real superpower. I'm a billionaire philanthropist. All right, playboy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that correction. <laughs> Myself, I would prefer to have the Captain America super abilities. I just want to be extra tough, extra strong, extra fast. I can do this all day. So, But we're down to our number ones. And my number one is a movie that I can almost guarantee you you've never heard of, and that is a shame. It is The Blood of Heroes. 
This movie was released in 1989. Ooh, I was two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did not see it then, and I have, I have my dad to thank for actually ever seeing this movie, I think, because you just don't find it anywhere. Uh, it was written and directed by David Webb Peoples, who uh, is not really well known for his directing credits. This is the only movie he ever directed, and it is a movie about a post-apocalyptic uh, sport, a, a sport that is the only entertainment left, and so it's almost deified by by people in these what they call dog towns. Right. So out out in the world, uh, on in the wasteland, you got these dog towns. People are just scraping by with barely anything. And so when the juggers come to to do to play the game of jugger, they the whole town turns out for it. And whoever wins gets celebrated at the end. The way that the juggers make their living, especially the traveling nomadic juggers, is when they win, they throw a celebration and the whole town pays them tribute. Right. So they get some they get food and they get drink and they get enough uh, money to get them from where they are to, to the, the next, next town. Where they can play another game, and if they play enough games and they get enough uh, skulls from from the the jugging games, so they, mm. they play the jugging game with a dog skull, and when you win, you get to keep the dog skull. Once you've collected enough, then you can, if you want to, go to the league of uh, of cities and challenge one of the league's teams, and they are made of the best juggers to exist to exist anywhere. And so, and nobody's ever beaten them ever. And so, but you have the option of going, and if you challenge and you, and you look good, because nobody wins. Right. But if you look good enough, they may recruit you, recruit you into the into the league, and then you get to live the the high life. A nice life. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, if you haven't seen that one, you're gonna look it up on on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that, and it got terrible ratings. Don't believe it. Don't believe the hype. Believe my hype. I think it's awesome. It's my favorite movie of all time. And if he says it's that good, guys, I haven't seen it yet, but I'll watch it for him. All right. So I'm curious now. I know these weren't in any particular order, but I feel like it has been building up to this moment. You're probably going to be disappointed. <laughs> well, we did say that last time, uh, too. We're talking about The Matrix. All right. Iconic. Uh, the very first one. Not, I'm not throwing the series in on this one. I'm saying just the first Matrix. Please. Please do. Please yes. do. Yes. Specifically the first one. Yeah. I'm afraid now. You you saw that they're releasing another one, right? Yes. Oh, right. I, I'm right afraid. At the same time we get the next John Wick. Same day. Really? Same release. Yes. He is competing with himself. All competing right. Competing with himself. Uh, grabbing all the monies. <laughs> but uh, yes, that movie, uh, I'd sit down and watch it right now. Uh, it's another one of those you can just watch. Just a good film. They did a lot of things that were groundbreaking for cinema back then when it came out. Uh, just an overall enjoyable movie. Like I said, just the first one, not the series as a whole. <laughs> did you Did you see that one in the theater? Yes, I did. I did see that one in theater. Yeah, because you were how old then? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to say that one released in 1999. But I have an older brother also to thank for getting me into movies that I was probably not allowed to see at the time. Yeah, I remember seeing that one in the theater. I remember the marketing campaign for it that basically told you nothing about it. It just said, what is the Matrix? Yep. I had no idea what we, were go what we were going to see. I just knew I wanted to see it. Like I had to, I had to solve the mystery. I remember sitting in the theater and the thing starting and hearing that weird... <laughs> I think that's going to bring us to a close today. All right. About to go into our next session of Dungeons & Dragons, though. And uh, I'm pretty excited 
for the direction that it's taking. Uh, we're getting ready to start pretty much what's a new chapter. They've, my guys are getting heavy levels. So yeah, so we're getting into this new chapter. My guys are all at, at high level at this point. And so it's not that the story's starting over, but it's like the story's going to take on a new presence. Right. Like I need, I need at this point for them to understand that they can die at any moment. And so that's what we're getting into now. So maybe that would be something we can talk about next time, what we do in this one. If they die, they die. <laughs> yeah, for, for those who, who obviously you're not all playing in our game, some of you are, but Zach and I co-DM this game. And he does all of the battle sequences and organizes all that for me. And I write the story out and present the characters and present most of the dialogue and the story building. And so far, I feel like it's worked out. It's a good partnership at this point. It's something we've talked about doing for, like, what, five years, a maybe? A time, yeah. It's working out really well so far. Yeah, I'm digging it. I'm having a good time with it. So, But uh, I, I mapped it out. I think we've got about 12 sessions left before we actually hit the end. We should finish in, like, July. Not too much farther. Yeah. It'll pass by on a blink of an eye. It has. It has passed by because I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> so... Speaking about Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Dungeons and Dragons is where we got the title of our uh, of our podcast from. It's actually from a friend of ours named Fresh. Yep. Shout out to Fresh. Shout out to Fresh. <laughs> <laughs> who uh, who said, uh, "Do you guys uh, do you guys want to roll for this, or you want to just let it get bad?" <laughs> <laughs> let it get bad. And we always say, "Let it get bad." That's the most interesting route to take, That's especially right. with Fresh. I'm so sad that I never got to play in one of his games. If he ever, if he ever comes back down here to to chill out with us, I'm gonna have to be like, "You have to run a game, you at least just a just a one off." Let me, yeah. Let me, let me, let me get in on one of these games that I've been hearing so much about. But yeah, until next time, get up, roll them dice, and let it get bad. <laughs>